I was thinking the other day, I can remember the commercials I used to see on TV ages ago as a kid, talking about how modern appliances and all this this new technology was going to make our lives more stress-free and make our day-to-day life a lot easier. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the Monday edition of Truth to Ponder as we begin a brand new week. I'm your host, Bob Bierman. I was thinking the other day about all the stress and things that we go through in life. All of us, we have a lot on our minds, I know. We live in a very unusual time. And and I was thinking, I can remember the TV commercials as a kid. Hey, make mom's life stress-free with a new washer and dryer. You remember, it was going to make life easy. All these great appliances. And as technology has exploded over the recent decades, we have more labor-saving, stress-reducing devices available to us like we've never seen before. But has it made our life less stressful? And I really believe it, maybe in some ways, but in many ways, even the devices themselves can bring on stress and aggravation. I realize more and more each day, there are many more demands on everyday life on all of us than we had 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. We are more connected than we ever have been. And you think that will be a good thing, but sometimes I think being too connected can be a bit of a problem. I was kind of thinking one morning recently how life was for me when I started out as an adult when I first left home. How much stress did I really have in in my day-to-day life? And I had to think carefully about it. What were the most stressful things that I had to deal with? Let's say back in 1972. About this time of the year, I had already made a move to Ohio. And I'm living with a couple of other guys in this big old house that we're leasing. We're in school, and I also was getting ready to start working a 30-hour week at a job. I had a car had a little bit of money in my pocket. And by the way, you know, money went a whole lot farther if you think back in 1972. Oh, I remember, I think I was paying something like 15 or $20 a week for my room and board. Well, not my board, but my room anyway. Didn't have a power bill, didn't have a phone bill, didn't have a cell phone bill, didn't have a car payment, didn't have an internet bill. I just basically paid my little room rent in this big old house near Akron, Ohio. And then I had my weekly school bill, which wasn't a huge amount. I think it was around $30 a week. So $45 a week took care of my where I lived and my school. And I had some money set aside for school. And I had a job that paid me when I finally started working uh, literally, you know, 30 hours a week. I had a job that paid me something like about 80 or so dollars a week, $85 a week. Doesn't sound like much today. But see, back then, back then I had the school money set aside. So, 
you know, you take $15 off the roughly $70 you had, that left you $45, $50. And you could easily buy groceries. You could easily eat them. And, at, you know, 30 cents a gallon for my little tiny car. Yeah, I could get to and from school and to and from work just fine. And I really didn't have a whole lot of stress in my life. I had a lot of enjoyment. I, I enjoyed the school I was in. I loved the job that I had. It was perfect hours for a guy going to school, and I'm young. But somehow, over the years, life has become more stressful than it needs to be. Even when I first got married, life was not all that stressful. Sure, having a house payment now and paying a gas bill and a light bill and other bills, there was still no internet, there was still no cable TV. The biggest thing I had to do was save up some money to buy a larger outside antenna to pull in more stations a lot clearer. Groceries were reasonable. People were friendlier. You got to remember, in 1975, you lived in the kind of a town you could leave the keys in your car when you parked at a grocery store or downtown. And I did that a lot so I wouldn't lose my keys because nobody was going to steal your car. We didn't worry too much about locking our doors at night. We didn't worry about a crime wave. We didn't worry about a lot of things. The biggest thing we worried about is, gee, will payday get here fast enough? We got a few bills stacking up. That was the extent of the stress that we had really in our lives at that time. Nobody was so politically aware that that everything we did was dependent upon our political party, our political ideology. We didn't waste a whole lot of time talking about the president. We didn't worry too much about the Senate or the Congress, and most people didn't even pay attention to a lot of things going on in their state governments. They were just busy living their lives and trying to enjoy them. In, in a small town like Toccoa, Georgia, where I started out my married life, you look forward to the weekends maybe a little shopping. Maybe if you had a friend that had a small boat, you might even get a chance during the summer and the spring and early fall to go out on the lake for a little while, just for, just for a little fun and, and relaxation. Life was simple. I can remember for, for me on a weekend, and I, I was thinking about this the other day, what were my weekends like? Well, of course, like anybody else in the spring, summer, and fall, you cut your grass. Well, my lawn wasn't that big, so it really didn't take that long. And you could do it very quickly on a Saturday morning. You could even do it on a weekday afternoon had it been raining. And Sundays, Sundays during those those years, most of the stores were closed. And, And many a Sunday afternoon, my wife and I would just turn on the stereo, and just relax and listen to music and, and not even worry about the things that are going to come up this, this next week. I would get up early, early on a Monday morning. That was part of my job, working in radio. I got up around 4.30 in the morning. 
and I did my thing on the radio, and I, I was off work by about 2 o'clock or so in the afternoon. And my wife came home around 4. She worked 8 to 4 in the job that she had, and then we just enjoyed our evenings and repeated it the next day. And And I don't remember watching the news being under all this duress and stress there was no 24/7 news cycle. You didn't you didn't have a CNN with 24/7 news coverage and they have to hype every story. There was no Fox News. It was basically uh, the six o'clock news and the 11 o'clock news if you watched it. I couldn't stay up till 11 and sometimes we missed the six. and and I watched the network news back then. even watched 60 minutes, which used to be a a relatively decent TV program back 50 years ago. The world has changed. It has become embraced by, by diametrically opposed ideologies. There, there's more anger and angst than we have ever seen before. People's attitudes about helping one another and providing customer service has dwindled over time. Companies that used to pride themselves, I mean literally prided themselves on good customer service has now farmed it into other parts of the world. And and oftentimes when you're on the phone with these people, they don't understand you. You can't understand them. You have to wade through millions of buttons and, and, and expressions. Thank you for calling. Your call is important to us. Please press one. Our menu has changed. And you spend the first four or five minutes of a phone call just trying to get to where you need to be. And then half the time you get to somebody that still doesn't understand your problem. So all this modern convenience, all of this artificial intelligence, all of these computers, all of these things that are supposed to make our life easier, sometimes I wonder if they've accomplished their goal. And the answer? The answer is I I think that we now have created more stresses on our lives than than ever before. And I think there's a couple of other underlying issues that I'll be talking about later on the program that are probably much of the core of the angst and troubles and, and things we're dealing with in our Western world today. Now, I had mentioned the TV show 60 Minutes, which I used to watch years ago. And I'm trying to remember when I started watching it less and less. And I think it was somewhere in the 1980s. Remember, I got married in 75. And and I think every Sunday evening, we would watch 60 Minutes before going to bed because I went to bed early. And it was an informative TV show. But somewhere in the 1980s, it started sounding a little bit more... I don't, well, political. Media started making a little bit more political noise. By the 1990s, it was unavoidable. By the year 2000, it was undeniable. And now it's just a way of life. But the other night, last night on 60 Minutes here in the United States, there was a, there was a story. There was an interview before Joe Biden headed off to, to the Queen's funeral in England. He had an interview with the people at 60 Minutes where he talked about several things. And I'm reading some stories this morning how the White House is trying to clean up that mess of some of the things that he said. 
Because, see, on that program, 60 Minutes, Joe Biden had this to declare. The pandemic is over. Now, wait just a cotton-picking minute, as they say down here in the South. What did Joe Biden just say last night on 60 Minutes? The pandemic is over. So now, according to President Joe Biden, before he headed off to, to the United Kingdom, the pandemic is over. Uh, go back to your life the way it was. Everything is normal again. Be yourself again. Do you really believe that the pandemic and all that is with it is over? Honestly, I don't. I know that he made a big deal about that on the program 60 Minutes, and I'm sure that the fact the elections are looming in November, the midterms, I'm sure he needs to take credit now for ending the pandemic. We need to have some kind of an accomplishment. Oh, I know gas prices are down. But what most people in the United States do not understand is how that was accomplished. It wasn't by becoming more energy independent. It wasn't by drilling some more oil that we have. It was depleting our national stockpile to flood the market with cheap oil that the United States purchased at a much cheaper price years ago to artificially bring down the price of gasoline just in time for an election. And shortly after the election, as we get into the colder times of the year, especially in the Northeast, you're going to see those prices go back up again. And there'll be no national strategic oil reserve to bail us out. It'll be gone. And so much of it by design. While we're focusing on the end of the pandemic, just in time for the election, here's a news story that came out of WCBS-TV in New York City uh, talking about Joe Biden's time on 60 Minutes. The pandemic is over. A bold and optimistic statement made by President Joe Biden last night on 60 Minutes to Scott Pelley. We still have a problem with COVID. We're still doing a lot of work on it. Uh, it's but the pandemic is over. According to John Hopkins University across America, there have been almost 96 million COVID cases total. The president pointing to a catastrophic loss of people due to the pandemic, one that swept the planet. At one point, it seemed COVID took pity on no one. And we lost a million people, a million people to COVID. When I got in office, when I got elected, only 2 million people were vaccinated. They got 220 million. The president's remarks follow other hopeful comments from public health leaders. Last month, the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention adjusted and loosened its COVID guidance. Among the easing of rules, it said Americans no longer needed to social distance. But there are some conflicting messages. The U.S. government is still designating COVID-19 as a public health emergency. And just last week, the head of the World Health Organization urged nations to keep up their efforts against the virus. We're not there yet, but the end is in sight. Okay, there's that news report from WCBS television, New York City, about, about Joe Biden's appearance on 60 Minutes, declaring that the, the pandemic is over. 
And so what I want to do now for just a couple of moments, if you don't mind, I want to break this down. I want to look at everything that the president said and others said and put things into perspective because they're they're really trying to put a little bit of spin on this because after all, it is, you know, about 45, 46 days to an election, you know, like like six weeks from tomorrow. The election, it's a big deal. And I've got a story about elections and polling coming up as well. You, you got to hear. So let's break this down. The CDC and the FDA have been changing their tune of late. And if you hadn't noticed it, they've been backing off quite a bit on COVID restrictions, COVID protocols. You know, you don't have to social distance anymore. I got news for you. We know for a fact you never had to social distance to begin with because it was worthless and useless and it didn't work. Remaining six feet away from somebody didn't slow the transmission of a virus. If they are aerosolized and they're hanging in the air, they're hanging in the air for quite a while. So being six feet apart means nothing. And as a bit of a side note, let me share this little thought. Where did the idea of two meters or six feet social distancing come from? How many of us can remember these little things on the floor in grocery stores and businesses that are six feet apart? Remain six feet apart or you're going to get COVID and die. You remember those little circles on the floor? Where did this great idea full of wisdom come from? Well, it wasn't from any kind of scientific research, none at all. Many, many years ago, during the Bush administration in the early 2000s, when there was a flu epidemic, the White House was was soliciting ideas for how to avoid spreading the flu. And it was a fifth grader in some elementary school that wrote the White House and suggested that when we come into flu season... People remain six feet apart so they won't sneeze on each other. And it sounded like a nice idea. I mean, I'm serious. This is where it came from. And so it was put into the suggested protocols for the flu. And somehow, without any testing, without any research, without any double-blind study to see if it was really a good idea, it ended up in the protocol. And so when COVID hit, hey, six-foot social distancing, we got to do it. Biden also indicated that there were like 96 million U.S. cases. And honestly, if the truth be known, the case numbers were probably a lot higher. And and a lot of people, look, the PCR test proved to be worthless because it could lie in both directions. It could be 80% wrong either way. It didn't make any difference. Many doctors... Many healthcare organizations are quietly indicating that 80% of our children probably were exposed to and dealt with COVID 19. Most of them never even knew it. And contrary to the Biden White House and Rachel Walensky at the CDC, kids were never a spreader of COVID 19 to their grandparents or their parents or other people. Their 
very strong immune systems came in contact. Their bodies produced antibodies quickly, neutralized it, and they just went on with their sniffles and moved on and didn't bother anybody else. And so it is anticipated that 80% of all children in the United States had COVID-19 or were exposed to it and developed antibodies. They don't need a vaccination, period. They never needed the experimental vaccine, period. We don't know what the long-term effect to a child's immune system is going to be on a technology never applied to human being in the history of the world, period. We don't know. And yet brainwashed parents were dragging their kids to get this shot, not knowing what it's going to do to them because they were believing everything the CDC said, even though the narrative changed on a monthly basis. Everything the FDA said, everything Dr. Fauci said, everything they said kept changing, but we kept believing. Reminds me of that song from the 1970s that was done by several artists. If I listen long enough to you, I'll find a way to believe it's all true. Knowing that you lied, straight face while I cried, while I look for a reason to believe. And that's that's pretty much what so many people have tried to do in this COVID mess, is they've just looked for a reason to believe whatever Dr. Fauci said today, and just forget, and pretend he didn't say what he said last week or the month before. How many times did Dr. Fauci say you don't need a face covering? They don't work. Yeah, how many people were wearing them? How many states demanded them? How many businesses required them? And we find out they were totally and absolutely useless. We had a guest on this program a few weeks ago. And Dr. William Wong, when you when you think about it, unglazed porcelain these viruses can pass through a sheet of unglazed porcelain. You think they're going to get through a mask? Of course they are. That's how tiny these things are. These are bits and pieces of DNA particles. So 80% of the kids already had it, so probably way more than 96 million U.S. cases. My wife and I, we know without testing, just because of the symptoms and everything that went with it, We went through Omicron, well, earlier this year, much earlier this year. And we were fine after a few weeks of being very tired. It all started with a sneezing fit, then the dry cough, uh, sore throat a little bit, and then about two weeks of fatigue, the likes that we have never experienced before in our lifetime. Nothing like it. So we now have antibodies for COVID. Well, guess what? We are not counted in the 96 million U.S. cases, they claim. And the CDC also changed the rules on how you finally count a case a while back. And this was to make the White House look good, by the way. Because the PCR tests early on were just coming up with any viral fragment and calling it COVID even when they weren't COVID. And so in order to lower that number and to make it look like the Biden administration was making headway on on the pandemic crisis, 
it required not only a PCR test. See, the PCR test was just considered bona fide proof that you had it, even though it may lie. And so the PCR test had to be accompanied by symptoms and you had several criteria. If these criteria were not met, you were considered as not having COVID. And so, of course, the number of cases started to come down because we weren't relying on phony PCR tests. The face coverings, Dr. Fauci made it clear early on, on 60 Minutes, by the way, that you don't need them. They don't work. In a virus, forget it. They're great for bacteria. Yet we started the propaganda campaign. I can remember a video I was supposed to push out in emergency management of of people sneezing and coughing into Petri dishes with or without a mask. And how two days later you'd see the bacterial colony in the in the Petri dishes that were uncovered in only a small colony where you had a face covering. What they don't tell you is that a virus is, well, a bacteria is a thousand times bigger than a virus. And so all that stuff can be stopped by a mask or reduced. But an aerosolized, aerosolized virus, forget it. A virus doesn't grow in a Petri dish. So it was, it was an unfair comparison. Biden also talked about the vaccine numbers. Only 2 million were vaccinated when I took office. Well, you took office on January the 20th of 2021, only a few weeks after the vaccine was really rolled out, and only then to the elderly. So you're taking credit for something you didn't do, which is typical of the Biden administration. Not that I think the vaccines were ever a good idea. I think that, well, we've talked about it on the program. I'm not going to get into it right now, but let's just say there was a lot of money and a company called Moderna that had never made a product that worked. And this was their salvation from going bankrupt the billions of dollars that the taxpayers have spent on COVID vaccines. The CDC and the FDA has lied so many times about protocols and and kids should be vaccinated. And I I, I still see these commercials on TV. Boost your immune system with a COVID vaccine. Hey, if you've had COVID, by the way, that that really applies to you, Chris Christofferson. I saw you on TV. You know, you, I, I think all the drugs and alcohol and everything else you put up with all your life took its toll more than COVID or even cancer. And I don't think the vaccine is going to do you a, the slightest bit of good. So we have 80% of kids have had COVID that we can, we're can we seeing based on studies and, and antibodies. Way more than 96 million cases, yet we were told that there were a million COVID deaths, unprecedented, horrible numbers. That means one in 100 people that got COVID died, and the truth is nowhere near that. Truthfully speaking, and this is something that is always going to be a problem for me for many, many years to come when it comes to the CDC. Honestly speaking, the CDC needs to be held criminally liable. Criminally liable for the knowingly wretched advice and lies they propagated. 
the money thrown out in front of hospital administrators that were money grubby, especially after their hospitals were closed for months, they couldn't do elective surgeries. Telling hospitals that the only way to treat COVID is our way. And if you don't do it our way, you will not get any reimbursement from insurance companies. You will not get any money uh, from Medicare or Medicaid, doesn't matter. In other words, you do it our way or you're on your own and you get to pay your own bill. And so the bean counters complied. And so strategies and protocols that were working all across the world were thrown to the wayside. I can remember talking to a family member had COVID back in 2020. They went to the emergency room and they were told to come back when your lips turned blue. That was the advice. And I, I, I just said, stay home, rest, and do the following. And we got supplies sent in as quick as we could. And that person's fine. But the problem is that just like the flu and like other respiratory illnesses, a lot of people don't understand this, that COVID-19 in and of itself, the flu in and of itself, it's, it's your body's response that can bring on things like bacterial pneumonia that will kill you if left untreated. So if you were a COVID case, they told you to treat it this way. You couldn't treat the bacterial pneumonia. You couldn't use things as an antiviral or an anti-inflammatory. You had to do it their way, which meant early on lots of ventilators that killed lots of people. You couldn't use hydroxychloroquine, which they had discovered back in 2004, the first time we dealt with SARS-CoV-2. SARS-CoV-1, it was highly effective. But suddenly, for political reasons, you couldn't use it. They needed the death count. They needed the bad numbers on the ticker every day because the world was going to get rid of Trump. If it, if it killed people, it was considered reasonable collateral. Nursing home patients, and that's where the vast majority of, of these million deaths occurred, were in nursing homes. People in their 80s, many of which I believe, I, I'm look, there are doctors that are convinced, those that have successfully treated COVID patients and compare their numbers by treating it properly compared to those that didn't, they estimate, and this is what is so sad, they fully estimate that had we treated the symptoms caused by COVID in the body's response, had we treated it the way we normally would treat people, 80% of all the deaths would never have occurred in the United States. That means eight out of 10 people that died of COVID-19 died unnecessarily. And I know of several firsthand stories where people were taken out of the hospital where they were dying and they were properly treated and they're alive today. Between the schools that were closed, the businesses ruined, the suicide rate being higher, the WHO still not wanting to let go, politicians like Gavin Newsom, uh, Prickster in Illinois, and 
Hochul and and Gretchen up in Michigan. Oh, they're 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 hating the fact that they don't have this power over you with COVID anymore. With the president declaring the pandemic is over. So with that bit of news, are we supposed to be singing a, a chorus of happy days or here again? Are we supposed to just sweep under the rug all the lies, all the abuses of power, vaccine mandates for vaccines that we now know? This is what bothers me. Think of all the people in the military. I'm reading where the Air Force is having a problem with pilots. Why? Well, number one, between critical race theory and too much whiteness they need to get rid of in the military, they so they say, and a lot of pilots and a lot of Air Force people not signing up because of the mandates on vaccines and some that have left, some that will not re-enlist, that are walking away from what could have been great careers. Between the vaccine mandates that were never needed, lives that are ruined, health that is being ruined to some people by these vaccines, oh yeah, and the people like Gavin Newsom and others, they just can't let go. They, they love this power. But we're supposed to forget all about it. And, and maybe quietly the mandates will slowly disappear after the damage has been done. After lives have been destroyed. And I wonder how the government's going to, to deal with numbers that become undeniable that these vaccines had a had a really noticeable adverse effect on individuals' health. And yeah, an increase, an unexplained increase in sudden adult death syndrome. I'll just leave it at this. I've said before in this program that some of the numbers that people talk about, uh, how many people would die of the vaccines, I thought were way over the top. But the number's going to be significant. And over the years, the vaccine, I believe, will take the lives of more people than COVID-19, even improperly treated, ever did. May not be in a month or a year, but it's going to be noticeable. Very noticeable. As I've said, it'll take a long time for this nation to fully recover. People psychologically have been damaged. I still see people wearing these face coverings when they go out thinking somehow this makes me COVID proof. I'm triple vaccinated, quadruple vaccinated. I got a face mask. Well, if a vaccine worked, you wouldn't need any of it, but they don't. We told you on this program, the vaccines were leaky to begin with, which means that they were going to push variants and there's no way to keep up with it. And it's nice to know the new the new vaccine was only tested on eight mice, eight little mice. And the eight little mice developed antibodies. But what the CDC doesn't want to tell you is when the eight mice were exposed to the Omicron variant B6, all of the mice came down with COVID. So what does that tell you about the CDC and the FDA? Everything you need to know. Okay, we know that the politicians don't want to give up power. And don't forget, they could bring this back after the election if there's still a problem. But I think they have some other plans. 
depending upon which way the election goes. And we'll get into that on the other side of the break. I want to thank all of you that listen to this program as a podcast. I heard from several people over the weekend that actually took the time to write me at my email address, which is bob at truththenumber2ponder.com. People listen as a podcast. Several mentioned the radio stations they listen to. And I would appreciate it. I would really appreciate it if you would let me know how you listen. You can visit our website, truththenumber2ponder.com, truththenumber2ponder.com. You can get my email address or fill out a form, whatever you want to do. And if you write, I'm not going to put you on an email list and, and inundate you with emails. I don't do that. So you can write me and I'm not going to fill your inbox up. I may reply and that's about it. Also from the website, you can support us to help pay for the airtime. And if you'd like, we have a new mailing address. The old one is still workable and usable to the end of October. But the new mailing address a lot easier if you make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio. Ancient Word Radio. The mailing address now is simple. Post Office Box 510. Post Office Box 510. That's 510. Post Office Box 510. The city is Chilhowee, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chilhowee, Virginia, Chilhowee, Virginia. And the zip code in Chilhowee, Virginia, real easy, 24319. That's 24319, 24319. And we'll be back after the break. This is Truth to Ponder. With Bob Bierman. The prison cell coming up. Shalom Alechem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn. Your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out. You're receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Messiah said, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed. There's nothing hidden that won't be made known. There was a man I knew, a giant uh, of the century in the Lord. He lived in a communist country. He was put in prison for his faith. He was there for years in that prison cell. The government spread the rumor that he was dead, denied any trace of him. For years, he was alone in that cell, interrogated, tortured, you know, just going through all that. And nobody knew what he went through except the Lord. Well, he was finally released years later. He went to the West. He began a powerful ministry to the persecuted believers of the world. Then communism fell. And what was done in secret was fully exposed. And they, they took his prison cell. And they made it into a museum. And now books from, that he wrote uh, were, were there in the cell and people came to see what had come out of it. And, and the darkest prison cell now became a testimony of God's love and his hope and faith. Be encouraged. No matter how dark the situation you're going through, you seem so alone. You know what? You're never alone. All the angels are rooting for you. You just be faithful. You praise God. You give him the glory no matter what. You don't give up. Fight the good fight. In the end, that that prison cell, that thing you're going through, it's going to turn into a place of glory. And your praise and your faithfulness will be like jewels in the kingdom. Because even in the darkest places of your life, God will be there. He will be there with you. You will never be alone. And you are not alone now. And wherever God is, heaven is. And there is glory. Want more? Ask for closets and rooftops on CD. Now the free gift for you from the Sands of Judea, the awesome Mystery of the Temple Doors on CD and you'll love it and Sapphire's guaranteed to bless your socks off 
How do you get this? Free. Well, easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. So just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed with your free gifts, but call now 1-800-YESHUA-1. I invite you to minister with me. Together, bring in salvation to God's ancient people, Israel, and the unreached peoples of all nations on five continents with over a billion people. How? Through Shory Radio, we can blanket the earth. It's the farthest way your life can impact the world for the Lord. It's amazing. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. We can write me direct. Here's the address. The Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. That's the nice Jewish boy at box 1111, Lodi, New Jersey, 07644. Almost forgot who I was there. Listen, until next time, don't forget who he is. This is Jonathan Khan saying, Shalom Nechem, peace be to you, my friend, in Messiah, Sar Hayim, the Prince of Life. This is Truth to Ponder. With Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of Truth to Ponder for a Monday. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Today I'm just spending some time looking at a few few news stories that sometimes get a wee bit overlooked, but it needs to be said. These these stories need to come out because they are really some of the foundation of the narratives that you're hearing today, and oftentimes some of the reasons. No doubt during the pandemic, I've just got one little last comment I want to make. Now that we know that the pandemic is over, according to Joe Biden on 60 Minutes last night, you have to wonder why now. And of course, the election looming in November is a really good reason. The Biden administration cannot claim victory on the economy. Inflation is still outrageous. They can take a little bit of credit for the moment on gas prices coming down. They're still a lot higher than they were two years ago, much higher. But then again, when you deplete your strategic oil reserve to lower the prices for an election, yeah, the stunt will work, but that leaves us without a strategic reserve. We bought that reserve at a lot lower price and we flood the market with the cheaper oil, yeah, of course, the price at the pump is going to artificially come down. We didn't produce any more energy. We're still busy trying to electrify and go with electric automobiles in California. Good luck. If you think that by the year 2035, we could have a sufficient power grid based on renewable energy to accommodate all these automobiles and replace the dying infrastructure we currently have, it's an impossible task. Even California is quietly understanding that. They're having to extend the life of the Diablo Canyon nuclear power plant at least five years. Not not upgrade it, not keep using it, but we just got to get rid of it but in five years because you know we're busy we're busy having people having to turn their lights off for a couple of hours a day this sounds like a third world country this sounds like a developing country whose infrastructure is fragile and that's california you know i was thinking the other day many many years ago i had the opportunity to go to california 
And I can remember watching a lot of TV shows based in California. And it seemed like a great idea, especially for a guy in radio. And, you know, I'm thinking, yeah, maybe one of these days uh, I can make it to a Los Angeles. Southern California appealed to me. Maybe even a San Francisco for a season. But going out to the West Coast was a wonderful idea. It was the land of opportunity, the land of freedom, the land of, you know, beaches and, and, and the Pacific Ocean. And I'm thankful now, looking back over time, in spite of the natural beauty of California, I'm glad I don't live there. I have friends that do. And I, I've enjoyed those friends, and there's some wonderful people there. But what has happened to your state government, what has happened to the morality, what has happened in your school systems is just unprecedented. And the Golden State's luster is no longer as bright and shiny as it was. And you wonder why so many people have found their way to other states, including Texas and Florida, that have California license tags when they arrive. And how many people come from states like New York, states like Illinois, states like Massachusetts, New Jersey, Connecticut? Why are they coming here? Why are they coming to Florida? Why are they coming to Texas? Why are they coming to South Carolina? Maybe maybe even Georgia. Because they've had enough of the dictator-type governors, the oppressive taxes, and being called white supremacists, and if you're a conservative, just being made fun of. Which brings me to another story that really needs to be thought about. And, and one, of the, one of the things that stood out is how many people, how many people are not telling the pollsters how they're going to vote in November? And, and I'm sure this has got political, you know, pundits on both sides scratching their heads. Well, number one, nobody should really believe pollsters much anymore. We learned that in, in 2016, when every pollster said that Hillary Clinton was going to win that election. And when she didn't, and I'm going to say this, this is my opinion based upon observation, based upon the things that I've seen. You cannot convince me. The evidence that I have seen tells me one thing. There's always been a level of cheating in elections, particularly in some states like, you know, in Illinois. It's not, they just just understood. Chicago had a machine, the mayor daily machine. There's been machine politics all over the country. To say that there isn't and all elections were fair and honest is fraudulent. You know it and I know it. A lot of dead people have voted over the years. And here's what we do know. The polls do not generally count all conservative voters. And ever since Joe Biden made his, you know, dreadful speech in front of that red background with two Marines in the shadows, looking like a like a third world dictator screaming and demanding obedience or they'll knock on your door. By the way, they are knocking on people's doors, the FBI. Heard a rumor you were at the January 6th event. I mean, a, a Trump supporter had the FBI show up at her house. Why? There was an anonymous tip that you were at the 
Uh, the January 6th insurrection at the Capitol turned out she was nowhere near the place, a thousand miles away. Never had been there. Okay, sorry, ma'am. As they came armed to interrogate her. Yeah, the Biden Gestapo is alive and well. And so if we can't use the pandemic to beat you up, we're going to use the January 6th insurrection and we're going to, you know, call everybody traitors to the cause and and anti-democracy. By the way, we are a republic, not a democracy. And the sooner that people in politics actually read the Constitution, the better off we might be. Well, I think they know what's in it. They're trying to avoid it. So, you know, the... Treflager group of uh, that does posters, they they are saying it's going to be really difficult to survey or even estimate Trump-aligned voters than in the prior years because of all the the screaming and yelling and name calling and now calling people anti-democracy, insurrectionist, traitors to the cause. You know, it was bad enough being called a deplorable back in 2016, and now. And now people are just not going to to talk about it. They're gonna they're gonna do what I did in 2020. I had a phone call in 2020, and they were first asking, you know, what my political party was. And I thought about it for a second, and, and I indicated that I was a well a supporter of the Democrats. And then, of course, they continued to ask some questions, all happy and giddy, because they thought they had what they wanted to hear on the phone and they I told them what they wanted to hear and so they're saying you know that, that, that that's how it works now in the 2020 election if you look at certain and here's what you need to understand and this is you know even even Ron DeSantis has figured this out in in Florida there are cases of voter cheating and fraud and 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 a lot of a lot of county prosecutors wouldn't touch it especially in places like Broward County, to name one that comes to my mind, Palm Beach, uh, around the, the state capital in Tallahassee, uh, around Gainesville, Florida, where you have the University of Florida. They don't want to touch these. So there's now an office to to take care of that at the state level. And they're finding a lot of cases. So, I mean, it, they're, they, cheating does happen. But what I do understand what, what I do see is if you look at the states in 2016 and look at the states and the elections in 2020, the patterns in most of the states stayed the same in terms of support for President Trump or the Democrat candidate, except in a few states, a few key states. Florida still went for Trump, so did Ohio. And those were considered big battleground states in 2016. But see, in those states, even with a Cleveland in in Ohio, even with a Fort Lauderdale in Florida and a couple of other locations, there wouldn't be a way to cheat and get away with it. And so the the emphasis was just on voter turnout and not trying to stack it. But states like States like Michigan, states, unfortunately, because of never Trumpers like Kemp in Georgia, whose secretary of state had made a a really terrible deal uh, 
with Stacey Abrams to allow all these voting boxes in Democrat strongholds where people at three o'clock in the morning are dumping handfuls and you know bags full of ballots that are not theirs. And there was no voter signature verification. So once they were in the system, you don't know which vote, which ballots are corrupt and illegal. So you can keep recounting all you want and you'll still keep getting the same fake, phony and, and irrelevant result in Georgia and other places. Problems in, in Arizona that tipped it in Maricopa County. Wayne County, Detroit, up in Michigan, where the numbers magically changed when they claimed the voting count was stopped for the night. And Philadelphia and Pennsylvania. They found the close battleground states and realized it wouldn't take a whole lot of cheating and it could be covered up with with the COVID-19 pandemic. And I really believe to this day, you'll never convince me otherwise. I know that everybody will say it's been debunked and the courts have thrown it out. The courts threw the cases out on procedural grounds in every case. Never, ever on the evidence. The evidence is yet to be heard to this day. And so I know the the Democrats are a little scared because what I think is about to happen is there may be more people coming out to vote this go-round. You know, I met people in 2020 that didn't vote because they assumed Trump was going to win based upon You know, Biden goes out for a rally and 32 people show up and 30 of them are the Secret Service. And then Trump has a rally and thousands show up and thousands more are turned away. They thought it was inevitable that Trump was going to win. And so that few percent that didn't get out and vote, didn't request a mail-in ballot, By the way, there were some people that did go to vote for Trump that found out somebody had gotten their mail-in ballot and voted for them. Too late. There was a lot of that. So the 2020 election is forever tainted in in my mind. It, 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 It is a fraudulent result in a few states that tipped the balance. And I think the Democrats realize that there are too many states to try to cheat in now because of congressional elections the governorships they saw what happened in virginia last year by the way virginia is is beginning to move a little bit more conservative where we live in in our part of virginia is a very conservative area and so i think the the democrats are beginning to realize they may be in trouble so they're doing everything in their power to make biden look good so he doesn't taint their people too badly. That's why Biden announced that the the pandemic is over. We still have a little work to be done, but hey, you know, forget the social distancing. Take off your face diaper and get a booster. Not that they're going to do any good, but get one anyway. We've spent a lot of money on this stuff, so you might as well go ahead and and join in the experiment. This election coming up is going to tell us a lot of where we are as a nation. We're going to find out how many people are embracing abortion, how many people 
are embracing critical race theory. We're going to find out how many people think that transgenderism being taught to kindergartners is a good idea. Or how many think that all of these these strange and foreign and just despicable and evil concepts are nothing but despicable and evil. I think there's going to be that hidden vote that is quietly angry, that is currently undercounted. And they're going to make their voice known. That's why the Democrats are abandoning for now. Remember, after the election, we can always have Joe Biden come back and declare a winter of, of sickness and death again. And lockdowns could come back into vogue if they need it, if they have to have it. I mean, they'll do anything to minimize conservatives around the nation. Besides, I think people like Governor Whitmer, she was so determined to enjoy her power, and I think it became an obsession for those that had it, like Prickster and Newsom. Yeah, rules for thee, but not for me. I can go to some fancy restaurant with no face diaper, but you have to wear one at Denny's because you're going to kill people. Your child can't go to school because you're going to kill their teacher while my kids go to a private school where they're not even wearing face masks. Isn't that amazing? Rules for thee, but not for me. We are in a... We have what is called right now also, and I'm going to get into this tomorrow, the urbanization, you know, they're becoming more like Europe here in the United States, and that's going to be a dangerous thing. And I want to talk about how the American dream is becoming the American nightmare. That's on tomorrow's program. Right now, I want to ask you a question. Do you believe in the work and ministry of Truth to Ponder? There's so many things that are going on in the background that I wish I had the time to tell you all. I talk to people every day, and I, I between my ministry work that is suddenly growing, and it's an exciting time. I'm getting ready to plant a church. I have a couple of other clergy doing the same. I've got clergy from other that, that are that are wanting to come on board. And I'm excited. I mean, I've never seen the likes of this. I, I told you last year that I believe that God was going to give us a window of opportunity. And he really is. And I hope that after this election that we can take advantage of it for a little while longer. Would you pray for me, by the way? I've got a doctor's appointment on Wednesday, and I'm concerned about it. And I'll tell you more maybe tomorrow. But pray for me, this ministry, and the work that we're doing here. If you can help us financially, would you please consider a gift made payable to Ancient Word Radio? Ancient Word Radio. The mailing address now, new mailing address. Old one still works, but here's the new one. Truth to Ponder, P.O. Box 510. That's 510. P.O. Box 510. The city is Chilhowie, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chilhowie, Virginia, Chilhowie, Virginia, and the zip code is 24319, that's 24319, and until tomorrow, may God richly bless you. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to ponder. 
shining the light of truth in a darkening world.